Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, the host of this podcast, joined today by my co-host, Alexander Halou. He is the current Add to Houston president, president. Yep. and as always, our producer, Jacob D'Antone. Hello from across the room. All right. Today we are be we are joined by Giovanni Hernandez. An AAFUH alumni currently rocking it as an account supervisor at Ogilvy in the vibrant city of New York. Hey, Giovanni. It's good to have you here, man. I'm glad to be here. I've been a longtime fan of Ad2 ever since I was at UH, so happy to be able to still be, you know, involved somehow, even though I'm no longer. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that brought me back uh, whenever we were managing through old assets and stuff, and I was sorting through pictures. I, re I recognized you in some of the images from previous Ad2 events. And I even remember back when I was uh, just joining AAF, I think this was after you did an internship. And I'm trying to remember, I think you were doing something with social media and managing Shark Week, was it? Shark Week? Was yes, that was right after I did fun. MAPE in Boston. Yes, exactly. So that was my last semester at U of A that you had just joined mm -hmm. that's when i joined i remember yeah. that i remember that um really cool experience like it was nice to hear at least from your experience kieran's and Alyssa's experiences uh doing their internships abroad and kind yeah. of just like all the fun things that could happen just being involved in the organization and even afterwards as well like just, no no for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely giovanni correct me if i'm wrong but um you did your you did a internship with ogilvy through the, it wasn't through that the program. Uh, Mape, you mean? Mape was that was that you? No, that I, was no. So I oh, that was Kieran. Was okay, at, uh, that's what it was. I was at Mullen Low. Okay, Boston. yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, I knew one of you guys did yeah. it because, all right. Well, yeah, Kieran was at uh, Kieran was at uh, Ogilvy. Alyssa was, I believe, at Bark Foundry. Yeah, that's amazing. And then, and then I was at Mullen Low in Boston. Mm -hmm. Well, Giovanni, you have had quite a journey, and obviously you have this awesome job at Ogilvy up in New York, which, by the way, I will be visiting next month, so maybe I'll catch up with you then. Can you walk us a little bit through your career path, uh, how each step, you know, from your role as an account executive to now an account supervisor at Ogilvy shaped this adventure of yours? Yeah, so um, I think I have to give big props to getting me to where I am today to being involved with AAF at U of H. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I my career path when I was originally starting, I originally went to school for music education. Yeah, wow. So I did not want to be advertising at all. I wanted to be a band director. And, you know, being in Texas, wow, band yeah. is a big thing. Band and football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So I was actually at Sam Houston State uh, for two and a half years oh. doing music education. And then realized that that wasn't the path I wanted to like move forward with in my life. Oh, okay. So yeah. I ended up taking just a break from school and was on a four year break, just kind of trying to figure things out, working all kinds of odd jobs. And I actually had one of my best friends from middle school we met when I was 13, was in advertising in Houston, but she worked at an agency not really an advertising agency. She works at this company in Houston called Patrick Henry Creative Promotions. Oh, okay. And what they do is a lot of 
restaurants and bars. Mm, that's really cool. So they help cure, they help curate like their drink menus, their cocktail um, promotion stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they partner up with a lot of spirits brands, wine brands, all this stuff to help bring that's their cool. products into restaurants. So she's worked on like accounts like Sia Chang's, Hooters, Great Wolf Lodge. Wow. Like just Whoa. these big brands and she started as an intern and moved all the way up. So I think right now she's an account director. Oh wow. And while she was going through it, she was always like, You'd be really good at this. You'd be really good at this. You should look into this. And, you know, we've known each other since we were thirteen. So at this point, like she's known me pretty well. Mm-hmm. But she kind of like talked me into going back to school and like exploring at like advertising or like going into account management. Right. And she was also at U of H, but she was at the uh, Hilton School mm. for restaurant and hotel management. That's why she ended up on, like, the, the food and, and beverage side. That's interesting. So, you know, after her really persuading me, I went back to school. Um, my first semester, I joined AAF. Oh. The friend that I knew that dragged me to it because she was in the club. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys know uh, Katrina Madrian. Yeah. She was president back in the day. And me and her immediately became really good friends. And she kind of like, she was at, she is at Redbubble now. Oh, okay. Uh, So she's in-house as a copywriter. So it's really cool. She kind of pushed me, forced me to like, she actually forced me to apply for mates. So that kind of helped. That's That's pretty nice. But, you know, being part of the organization, I took a leadership role my second semester. I uh, was, like, head of social. Mm-hmm. And my second semester, I actually landed my first internship at Lopez Negrete mm-hmm. and was doing social for them for two semesters. Then I did an intern- a quick internship at Decode, was other it? small agency that's, like, escaping my brain. And then I was at Decode ah, for Decode. a semester. And then I did... Mullen Low at um, through Mape. So by the time I really started my career, I had done like five internships, five semesters worth of internships. Wow! So it wasn't like starting off like brand brand new in a way. Mm-hmm. And what really helped with that was I started my career at FCB Health. Um, so I started in healthcare, mm-hmm. working on a hepatitis cure oh wow interesting so you know not what anybody thinks of when they're going into advertising they yeah. think oh i'm gonna work in healthcare yeah you know, that's not <laughs> everyone's first choice yeah but you know. i will say for me i think it was the biggest blessing i could have had in my life was to go into that side of the business because i moved to new york on i got to new york february 21st 2020. Oh, that must have been fun. So this was three weeks before COVID shut Jeez, all of New York City down. Oh, yeah. I was just going to ask. So, like, how was that like, at least while you were coping through it all? Did um, Were you working with 72 and Sunny at the time when you moved to New York? Or was it with the... No. So I was with SCB Health. So I got my right. job offer. I interviewed with them, got my job offer, moved up here. I didn't have enough time to, like, really look for an apartment. And luckily, I had some, like, distant family like that lived out in long island here oh. in new york oh that's good and i was like hey like 
I just got a job out there. I need to find an apartment. Can I rent a room for like a month or two while I mm-hmm. figure it out? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. You know, they were like super supportive. That's good. Got here. COVID happened. So then mm. it turned into like, you know, working from home. It was my first job. So it was like, oh my God, I just started. Am I going to get laid off? Because every all of my friends are getting laid off. Mm. But luckily, being in healthcare, mm-hmm. the business didn't take any hit. Hmm. We were still super busy. <coughs> the only thing that was rough was, you know, I had just moved pretty much on to the other side of the country. Yeah, with I had I was with family at least, but it wasn't family that I like grew up with. It was family yeah. that I had met like two or three times before in my life. Right. But, like, I wouldn't change that experience for everything. They, like, got me through COVID. Like, they never made me feel like I was an outsider. Like, love them. Super great. But it was also so weird, you know, having to move. And suddenly I'm working from home. I can't go outside as much, you know, because of everything. They're also elderly. So I was like, I don't want to go to the store too much because then what if I get it? (laughs) And then, you know, so it was like a big thing. But I was able to do that for a year. And then after that first year, I actually got reached out through a recruiter uh, from 72 and Sunny Mm -hmm. because they saw I did the virtual ad color conference. So it always works to do these conferences because she literally Mm -hmm. saw my profile on the ad color website along with yeah. my resume, and then reached out to me through that. That's really cool. Yeah, Like, just like that. It wasn't even through LinkedIn or anything like that. She saw my profile and then got my email from my resume and then emailed me wow. from the ad, from a conference website. That's really cool. And that was uh, with uh, in coordination with that week, right? With that color? Or... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, actually, there was a, a new member of ours that just joined, I think, was spotlighted in that color recently, too. Um I think his, um, he works for the general. His name is Adrian. Um, probably, yeah. It's really cool, though, to see, to see how at least those type of cornerstone initiatives provided by uh, respectable publishing media outlets like Adweek yeah. um, can really contribute to your connections and even help you land your next big gig, at least yeah. especially with 72 yeah. and Sunny. I remember uh, back when I was at when I was still doing my tenure at AFU of H as the president, um, or I think I was chief creative chair at the time, we had a person from 72 and Sunny from the LA office. I don't know. I think, yeah, they they did like a virtual pop-up shop and they just kind of talked about copywriting and branding. <laughs> yeah, well. It's really cool. Well, it's cool to see at least how... Um, that is really cool. Yeah. And I mean, with all of that being said, you know, that's kind of why we said that initial question is because that whole journey that you went through just to kind of get to where you are it's really a roller coaster you know you did five internships yeah <laughs> all in like five yeah. semesters oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i was barely even able to do um one at the time i think i only yeah i was only able to do one internship during the pandemic and then i got my next big gig after graduating from college and everything so it's just incredible and I mean, we got to know Giovanni. I mean, with this rich history of experiences, um, have there been any memorable experiences that you had that stood out to you? Like, what made it special? I think what I really, the one that sticks out the most to me, I would have to say is I was on Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Oh, heck yeah. For a little bit, for a little over a year. And this is just me being 
a total nerd and it was like one of my dream things to ever work on. But I have always been a massive Jurassic Park fan. Yes, oh. I've like, seen those pieces you shared on LinkedIn. I remember that. Those were really cool. Yeah, so it was, so, or before that, I got, so I got hired at 72 and Sunny to work on the Smirnoff account. Mm-hmm. So I was working on Smirnoff, oh, was Smirnoff. with them for a year, did a lot of really good work, a lot of ton, a ton of production experience. And then I got moved on to Carl's Jr. Hardy's, and that was the first shoot I got production I got to work on. So that was really cool working with Universal and seeing like we were working with the CGI designers that animators, excuse me, that mm-hmm. did the actual dinosaurs for the movie. Wow. So it was really cool seeing that come to life. Like I think that's like up there, but <laughs> at the same time, like it was such hard work I that I still haven't seen the movie. For real? <laughs> the newest movie. <laughs> Oh. Because like it takes me back to that time. Oh my goodness! So, not, like, yeah, you're not missing much though. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that's what I've heard. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good movie, so. but it's a good commercial. Yeah, like I yeah, love the. I think yeah. if I remember, they were the the commercial. The setting was they were at a Hardy. They were at a Hardy's, and I think a what was it? A dinosaur just broke into the scene. I think no, they were eating at their yeah. car. And then the T Rex came in. I think, I think it, that was yeah, one of the I, segments. The, yeah, there's yeah, like two different variations. They did a lot of those. One of them yeah. while they're on the car. And then one where they're, like, outside, and, like, one of them, like, jumps at the table and all that stuff. Yikes. But, you know, it was, it was fun. It was lighthearted, but it was, like, it was a lot of work, so. <laughs> I <yeah>. mean, <laughs> with your experiences as an, as an account director for that particular account Kid with Universal, I mean, um, what were some of the main things that you feel like um, a suit could relate to from their classes back at, um, you know, in advertising related to that? Like, Yeah. Like, so uh, for that one, I was um, a brand manager uh, at 72 for that for that role, and mm-hmm. I worked on that. I think one of the big things that I took away from Professor Kelly was oh. just to be very thorough on everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with a big conglomerate like Universal, they have so many approval and so many stakeholders that have to review every single thing. Yeah, I can imagine that. that. When you yeah. do send something for approval, it has to be a hundred percent right because it has to go through so many levels that, like, if something comes back wrong, then you know you have to start the whole process of everybody reviewing it again. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And yeah, I imagine you have your own agency has their approval process, and then yep, they uh. What the the studio has their own approval process and yeah that's what yeah. you have that's like so much yeah. I mean especially with like and then you'd still be surprised how many things fall through the cracks in that oh really I, yeah I mean you know yeah, it's, it, yeah. so many people yeah. are seeing it are seeing it but still things can slip I guess yeah I mean like with but a lot of times it's like one of the things that I've noticed too is like when you're so close to the work mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. there might be the little things where you know it gets to like someone high up that's only seen the work like once or twice before, mm-hmm. then they might catch not things. Yeah. Might catch things that somebody who's seen the same thing a hundred times over. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, you I know? can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just that oversaturation, I guess when you're like constantly reviewing it, it kind of just becomes bland and seems typical until yeah. somebody with fresh eyes gets to see it. That I think really does make yeah. a big difference. Yeah. That's why sometimes it's good to just Sometimes walk away from some from a project. Oh yeah, Otherwise, like and come, like take a break, come back yeah. with a fresh perspective. I think those are yeah. always healthy 
working habits yeah. in the office for sure. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. So but yeah, yeah. So then after being at so when I was at seventy two, I worked on Smirnoff. I worked on REI. Mm-hmm. I worked on Carl Jr. Oh, Hardy's. And then my last gig, my last uh, account I was on was eighteen hundred tequila. Uh, oh, oh, eighteen hundred tequila. That's good stuff. Okay, eighteen hundred tequila. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that was a lot of fun. But um, unfortunately, I was impacted by their layoff back in mm. July. Mm. I remember that. Was a yeah, that was a bummer. It was a big hit, but you know, like you know, kind of was laid off started job hunting mm-hmm. it's never fun being laid off oh yeah but <laughs> been there yeah you know but at the same time it kind of gives you the opportunity to start fresh somewhere else yeah. and it kind of pushes you to start fresh that's good i think that's yeah. just a big thing you know no i agree it's uh it's yeah you gotta look at it as an opportunity yeah yeah so during that time i actually ended up getting a freelance opportunity at anomaly Oh, yeah. oh. as an account supervisor and i was with them for a month working on don julio tequila okay so got another spirit uh name a brand under my <laughs> name under my belt that's cool. worked with them for a month uh they just released a new campaign it's like a love letter to mexico and like they're really proud of like you know that's cool. what mexico has brought to don julio mm-hmm. i didn't you know have a lot to do with it i kind of helped in a lot of like the post-production stuff yeah okay but you know it was really cool and then during that process was when i landed my role at um ogilvy Hmm. on the verizon b2b account so that's where i'm currently at i've been there for about a month now oh wow that's good so still pretty new but like have been learning a ton yeah really cool and it's obviously like so cool to be working at an agency like Ogilvy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, cur- you know, currently we're moving into a new office. So like our first day at the new office is going to be on Tuesday and mm-hmm. it's at three world trade. Okay. So that's cool. But like, oh, I wow. got to go to their old office for two days before. everything. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it was so cool walking around because they had a lot of David Ogilvy's original print ads. Like, Oh hung yeah. Up so that original, so that old office was the original one before they just moved away. No, so they've. I think this is like their fourth or fifth move. Sure. <laughs> like they were originally on Madison Avenue, then they moved to yeah. like Chelsea Piers, and mm-hmm. then they moved to where they were right now, which is the Flatiron area. Okay. And now they're moving down to uh, World Trade. They're from the Mad Men era. Yeah, of there, course. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially Ogilvy had an office here in Houston as well. But that was a what? Yeah, yeah, but a long time, a long time ago. ago. And then, I mean, that kind of yeah. puts a big perspective. You know, everything is susceptible to change, especially yeah. big name, big yeah. name yeah. agencies yeah. like Ogilvy. Yeah, but you know that's awesome. But yeah, and I'm sure they have all that. They want to show their DNA, right, and show all those cool uh, posts and you know prints that they've done. And certainly, they have done a lot of great stuff. Um, yeah, no, yeah. totally. And it's really cool seeing like the evolution from like how it started to where they are now and yeah. all the cool work they've done really, over the years. Really, I'm sure. So, yeah. so you know, it's actually really funny. We were talking earlier about the differences between Houston and New York mm-hmm. because when you, I'm from the East Coast, so I know what, you know, it's a very different culture. It's a very different it's just mm-hmm. set of uh, 
everything really. It's, it's a completely different world. Uh, so, you know, you've been in Houston, you know, you doesn't work here, you doesn't work in New York. Um, you know, you're doing national campaigns, right? Because you're, you're doing, you know, national, you're not doing just uh, small time, regional, local. small local stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, how would you say, how has your experience compared, right? Not just working in Houston and working in New York, but also, you know, maybe at some point working on small campaigns to working on like big national ones. Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest, so when I was in Houston, I only got to intern. I never really had like a full-time position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like one thing. And then, you know, I got my first job and moved to New York. I think what made the decision easier for me to move, because when I was at school, when I was at U of H, mm-hmm. I was hardcore, like dead set on, I'm staying in Houston forever. Yeah. I was very much that. And then what changed it for me was the summer I spent in Boston. Ah. Uh, right. That uh, internship experience. Yeah. That that was like the first time I was ever really away from like everything I was like comfortable with. Yeah. Like I didn't know a single person in Boston. I was rooming with full strangers. When I went to Sam Houston State, you know, like I was forty five minutes away from home. Oh, wow. I had friends that I went to high school with that, like, were also at San Houston State. But going to Boston and being completely, like, I don't know, a single person here. Yeah. I'm interning here. I don't know the city. Like, that really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And it really, like, was like, maybe I should leave Houston after graduation. And it's not like I have anything against Houston. I love Houston. Oh, yeah. But I feel like those two and a half months I was away from home made me grow so much, not just as a professional, but just as an individual. Yeah. yeah. That when I got back home and I was starting to be like, okay, what am I going to do? Every time I like thought about like staying in Houston, I got like a weird anxiety thing. And I was like, no, I didn't believe pretty please. But, you know, <laughs> so that, I think that's what did it for me was, just getting a little opportunity to like work at an agency like mm-hmm. Mullen Lowe yeah. that had, I think I was working, my agency had like 500 people in the building. Oh my God. <laughs> and, you know, I was working on Century 21, the real estate company. Oh, so wow. that was like national stuff that we were working on. Mm-hmm. I was doing a intern project on Burger King. Oh, so it okay. kind of like, you know, Got to do a lot of really cool work while I was in Houston, too. You know, like when I was at Lopez Negrete, um, I got to do some stuff for Walmart. I got to do some stuff for Bank of America, the Houston Mm, Dynamo, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. We went to a Dynamo's game together. Yeah. Yeah, they they had that for a while. And then Mm -hmm. at um, Decode, I got to do a lot of stuff on for St. Luke hospital yeah. oh, and okay. stuff like that but it's a lot more localized you yeah know? of course yeah it does play into the game and with houston in particular a lot of it's just like local companies reaching out to big agencies at least to us <laughs> at least coming out from college it was like decode lopez uh maybe even love as well that those are like the big names that usually come to mind whenever i guess a student just comes into like afu of h and i mean it's really it's really cool to see how far you have gone, you know, working from bit from you know those small 
local size clients like the well in the in the case local to us but national in scale like the Dynamo, Walmart, uh, Bank of America, and things like that. Those really do make a big big impression as well. And heck, with all the things that you got to do, I mean, as an account director or was it account supervisor or director? Which... I'm an account supervisor currently. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. Um, at least with that, like, how do you feel uh, that dynamic goes whenever you're collaborating with others on big, those type of projects? Do you feel like uh, there's a lot of uh, compromises that typically happen with, um, I guess, the direction or with what the client wants as well? So I think one of the big, the nice things about, and I'm like, I'm just going to preface, I'm not dogging any small agency or any like smaller client. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like one of the big things that I appreciate from working at a bigger agency because like, you know, even 72 and Sunny wasn't as big mm-hmm. as Ogilvy is or how FCB Health was. Oh, yeah. When I was at FCB Health, there were 800 people in our building. It was ridiculous. Like, Cut and there, they yeah. keep growing over COVID. So it's like massive, you know? Mm-hmm. And 72 and Sunny, because of like previous playoffs and stuff like that, it was only like maybe 100 of us. Oh, wow. So, you know, like, you know, I love my time there. I was there for two and a half years. Okay. But um, one of the things that you do realize is that when you're working with a client that's more established and more, has more resources, and it all comes down to resources, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And you're working on an agency that has a ton more resources, you are able to have more of a controlled process in a way. Mm. So, like, in a way, like, if there is a shift creatively, there is a process on how to go about it. Okay. If the creative team doesn't agree with it, there is a process on how to push back to, on clients. Like, there is, uh, obviously, like, some things are easy, just like, hey, let's just hop on a call and talk it over. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I think what helps with controlling, like, egos and stuff like that mm-hmm. is the processes. Yeah. Because, you know, you never want to be like, oh, well, you did this. Because it was like, well, you know, yeah. you were out of line, but then if you have a process, you just follow it. That's funny. Yeah, it's like I a feel like that's procedure. one of the big things. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, I, I work in-house. Uh, Same here. For, you know, a big corporation. Uh, so the amount of resources that we have access to is massive compared to when I've worked with smaller agencies i think there's also more structure to it too because you have project managers that help manage files and assets and things like that exactly account supervisors as well yeah yeah and in my case everything's kind of compartmentalized Mm -hmm. so like the conference team does one thing the this marketing thing does this product marketing does this so the separation of work i think can also help you kind of focus more on your job but also i feel like pigeon holds you into like well this is what you do now Right, so you don't really yeah, no, get no. to explore it's as much. It's a very big right? like, double-sided sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like coming in from FBB Health, where like, I had a set process for everything, I had a project manager, yeah. all that stuff. Coming into 72 and Sunny, yeah. um, we had some project managers, but not on every account. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. So my first account, we had one when I joined, and then they left, and then we never really replaced them. Yeah. And then my second account, we had one, and then after that, we didn't have one. So I kind of became like 
because I was a brand manager. So I kind of became like the impromptu like yeah, project no, manager yeah. while on top of that being doing my regular brand manager, yeah. which is like an account executive, senior account executive like role. Wow. Man, that's a, that's a big plate to handle. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, and, and it is, that's what it is. You know, it is all about resources. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, sometimes when you're at a smaller shop or a smaller place, one of the big things is you wear a lot of hats, mm-hmm. which is great because you learn a ton, right. but also yeah. you don't get to focus so much on doing what your main job is because you're all constantly trying to wear so many hats. Yeah. No. I think that also kind of brings up another point as well with, you know, big agencies that have well over, you know, 500 to 800 employees. How do you feel like um, you try to make yourself stand out from the crowd whenever you interact with, like, decision stakeholders and things like that? That's the one thing I think, like, I'm still kind of struggling with because, yeah. like, at 72, I felt like I knew everybody. Mm. I felt like who I'm, I was, like, close. I was really close with the president of 72 when I first started. Oh, wow. You know, like, I applied for ad color. I was, like, top 50, but they only took 35. But the person who wrote my letter of recommendation was the president of 72 oh wow that's really great that's awesome yeah you know yeah, and that music. was you know you know and it was so cool like knowing them because and i got to know them because uh my first shoot i ever went on was here in new york mm-hmm. was for a new product launch for smirnoff mm. and because it was covid and a lot of stuff it was very restricted on who could go and my manager ended up being out of town for like a prior engagement mm-hmm. so she couldn't go so i had to go to the shoot and then the two people that went with me were the president of our company uh-huh. and the head of production for 72 wow that's so really cool being, it was cool but also like it was my first ever shoot so i'm like oh my god <laughs> like i have to do a good job yeah, like obviously like i'm gonna do a good job but it, Oh my God! It's like I'm here with the two biggest stakeholders. Yeah, and that... then also it was my first time meeting clients in person. Oh, oh yeah, because so like it was, was like remote. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. So that was a whole added stress, but because of that experience, you know, like I got to become really close with the president of the company at the time, the head of um, production at the time, and then I got to become really close with my clients. Like, to this day, I haven't worked on Smirnoff in, uh, honestly, now for, like, almost two years. Mm. And I still constantly talk to my old clients. Uh, like, I'm still close to them. I'm still, like, cool with them. Right now, my Ogilvy's new office mm-hmm. is in the same building that their office is in. So now we're like, oh, oh. now we can go happy hour because we're going to be in the same building. Yeah. Oh, man, that's how you build client relations. That's for sure. <laughs> No, that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Smirnoff got me through college, but yeah. I appreciate their product. Uh, I'm sure it definitely must help you get by at times, huh? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I, I drink Tito's now. Ah, that's yeah, good. I'm a little classier. I'm older. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I respect Smirnoff. Yeah, the goatee definitely pulls it off. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey. Giovanni, man, this was incredible. I mean, it's really cool to hear, you know, from your experiences, you know, starting off, uh, you know, not being sure with where you wanted to go to taking influences from and suggestions from your friends to, you know, working multiple agencies, 
hopping around different cities to eventually landing in New York, handling through a pandemic, getting laid off, and then finally <laughs> getting into a really big company to also have really good connections with, you know, your previous clients. You know, that's, that's kind of like cool. the stories that you hear from old times, I guess, with like agency founders and stuff like that, where, you know, when they get yeah. laid off, um, they still have good relations. Eventually they pick them up as a client and, you know, hopefully with everything that happens with Smirnoff, hopefully that leads to something fantastic in the future. And maybe as your experience grows with Ogilvy, there might be even more to share at your time as you, you know, continue your career. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, um, aside from that, have you had any plans to ever come back to Houston? Um, so I currently go all back all the time just to visit family and oh, my old cool. friends. Moving wise, I, right now I'm in the phase of my career where I'm like, I'm almost at four years in New York. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I jokingly, I was like, I want to be here for 10 to 15 years, <laughs> but my partner is like, hell no. Oh my God. <laughs> like, because the, the city is a lot, but like, you know, it's also like maybe we'll end up like in a suburb of New York. Mm-hmm. I think my big thing is I don't mind, I wouldn't mind going back to Houston, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like would your first choice. Like, yeah. It, no, it's not, not that. I think uh. it's, I would, ha- I would consider it if there was a really good opportunity for me to move back. Mm, I feel I like that. with the amount of experiences and work and honestly the fun I've had, not just like outside of work, but with work too, mm-hmm. I would need to be able to have something comparable. So like, I'm like, if I'm going to move back to Houston and work there, I want to have a job where I don't feel like, oh, I'm settling for this job because I wanted to move back to Houston. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I wanted to move back to Houston, but I also have a great job. Oh, absolutely. Or, you know. Yeah, that's actually like a really good point to make as well. It's just um, why settle for less when you can uh, do what you continue to love and bring and bring it to, you know, Houston in general. I think that's kind of yeah. what makes yeah. and it. And I think difference. that's what they yeah. Honestly, but also like the big thing that's making me reconsider moving back to Houston is that New York is just so expensive. Oh, yeah. And it's, just not, it's just not sustainable. But also, I'm like, I'm surviving. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of like the, ga- the game with New York in, in particular is that rent is super high. Um, but if you can, if you're able to make an impact there and stay and make it sustainable, I think that's just a matter of time. And especially yeah. with like... Um, Typically, like I remember, I would see TikToks or Vine, not, not Vines, man. What am I? <laughs> uh, You're not old enough to remember not, Vines. I, well, I was like what twelve. Anyway, you were like uh, five. Nah, I was not, bro. Good lord. <laughs> I remember at least uh, got people would have interviews with pe- people in New York, and you would oh, have yeah. uh, advertising account supervisors there to just say, "Oh yeah, I make this much in New York. I'm able to live." But then when you look at the amount of rent that they pay in proportion to what they earn, it really just kind of puts you at a regular wage here in like Houston or anywhere else, I guess. Yeah. In the East Coast. No, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Like my half of the rent because I have a roommate is mm-hmm. way more than like what my parents pay for their mortgage. My God. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and this is split between two of us. Like, wow. If you do the whole rent for a two bedroom apartment, it's almost like. Almost three times as much as my parents pay for for the mortgage. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I that actually but, kind of brings me back. Oh, I'm sorry. 
No, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's ridiculous, but yeah, this is where I'm at. Yeah, I was so. just, <laughs> I was just remembering back when I first joined AFU of H, and when you guys were bringing up, you know, your experiences through Mape. Uh, I remember Mape paid for your ins back when you moved to the respective cities to do your internships, right? Yes. So you pay a small fee, I think, like. For us, we have to pay like twelve hundred dollars, mm. but they let you pay it over like two payments over the summer. So, like, if you want to use the money you're making through Mate to pay for it, you can. Mm-hmm. That's nice. They're very mm-hmm. helpful, but they usually subsidize it. But honestly, like twelve hundred dollars, and that included like my flights and mm-hmm. my housing. Yeah, that's pretty good. It that's, wasn't bad. I know. That's why when you were mentioning about the whole height of the rent prices and the market over there. And then, you know, comparing it back to, I guess, was it like 2020 or 2019? Um, just seeing that type of difference, that yeah, stark contrast, yes. it's really incredible, at least, you know, how amazing it was to see have an opportunity like that to, you know, study, uh, well, to do an internship abroad in the state sense, not internationally, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Probably enough. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It's a huge yeah, country. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a huge deal. I mean, we're... Very pretty big country in yeah. general. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. <laughs> what the thing about it, like, it's also like it's very expensive in New York, but like you're in New York, you know, so that's the upside. Mm-hmm. In Boston, it's the same thing, but the thing about Boston is there's a Dunkin' Donuts in every corner. So that's why it's so expensive. That is very true. <laughs> this is why I love New England. Oh, this real? is why I go there as much as I can. I love New England. Oh. Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. It's fantastic. Favorite flavor? Donut? No, no, I don't, I don't like the donuts. I, just oh, like, their, I like their coffee. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like their a... coffee too. Thank you. It's so good. Yeah, I had sheep leaves for donuts. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it, it is really, uh, it, it's really an amazing story, uh, Gio. And you know, it's funny because in, in the past, what like you've been like three, four years, you've been through so much already. I feel like you're probably like, yeah, I got this mm-hmm. at this point. You know, you yeah. you've been through a pandemic. Uh, you've been laid off. You got a new job. I mean, you know, it feels like. You are thriving there, and that's fantastic. We're very happy to hear that from, you know, a former AAF UH alum, alumni. as well as uh, alumni. a former, what was it? Um, I guess not member, but a person that would attend our events here and there through yeah, AAF, yeah. U of H. I yeah, because I was, I would just pretend as an AAF student when they would have, like, the joint event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I think Always welcome. Kind of, yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important for us to kind of, reach back to the people that were involved back then and just see how they're doing. And that, you know, that's kind of what inspired yeah. this session today. And, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to get on this call with us and to, you know, no, tell us sure. about yourself. Yeah. It's really great. And no, for sure. mm-hmm. you know, and I just have to give it up for like program, like, you know, organizations like at to AF Houston, AF, you know, AF at U of H mm-hmm. because I wholeheartedly believe that I would not be where I am today in my career if it hadn't been for these programs. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. like, one of one of my, my um, the summer I was in MAPE, mm-hmm. one of the things that helped me graduate on time was mm-hmm. because I won one of the um, AAF Houston scholarships. Oh, That really? helped me oh, pay for, right. like, two classes over the summer. Wow, that's fantastic. Man. You know, so it's just, like, little things like that that, like, the advertising community in Houston and, like, all these, like, programs mm-hmm. helped me get to where i'm at today so like yeah. when you guys reached out i was like oh my god i'd love to do that you know like i think it was last semester i gave a talk about account management oh really to afuh like no, stuff like cool. that yeah so, 
Yeah, and I think it's important as well, like especially with uh, now with Professor Kelly now, you know, retiring, things are a little bit different yeah. here. And, you know, the state of it, which it is in, I think definitely leaves a gap for where students to follow and, you know, uh, having those interactions with them and giving them at least a platform to, you know, go to and get make connections, make new in interactions with professionals really does make a big impact in their early careers. And I think it really does make a big difference. And thank you for, you know, be, still being involved uh, till this day, as well as just being so far away. <laughs> no, for yeah. sure, for sure. And one last thing I will say, um, so anyone who's like considering making a move mm -hmm. like that big and stuff like that, like it's a big risk, but like it can have a big reward. But also once you get into your career, like if you're in a big city like New York, there are so many opportunities in a place like New York, tons of agencies, tons of, you know, if the market was better right now, obviously there'd be a lot more opportunities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you ever find yourself stuck in a place that you don't feel like you're being valued, mm -hmm. look around. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like you're never tied like, down. Honestly, yeah, never. You know, like you can get to a place, and if another opportunity comes along that's better, and you're not really feeling that place, like mm -hmm. no one's gonna look down on you because mm -hmm. you popped with less within less than a year. You know, you got to do what makes you better. Also, exactly. if you ever get to a place in your career where you're able to turn down opportunities because they don't align with your values, mm -hmm. that's like the best place. One last story I'll say is like I was reached out by an agency, very, really good agency, mm -hmm. but I chose not to interview with them because the account that I was being interviewed for, I would be interviewing for was Uber. Yeah. I drove for Uber while I was in college for three years. Mm -hmm. And the way that they treat their drivers yeah. is not my thing. That's fair. No. Actually, you know, having witnessed it. So, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. one of the things is find your passion, mm -hmm. find what your values are. And it's a lot easier if you work for a client mm -hmm. that has similar values. That's true. That's a that's a really good point as well. And I'm sure with every young professional listening to this as well, I think that's definitely going to, you know, pull some heartstrings and make them possibly, you know, make the decision more clear for them. Thank you, Giovanni. That was really insightful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Obviously, your first job is not the place to be, like, super picky with, but, like, once yeah, you get some yeah. experience, yeah, exactly. you, can start, like, you can start branching out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, oh, just this company or this brand I'm going to work in support you know, Black Lives Matter, do they support diversity? Do they yeah. support, like, LGBTQ rights? Like, mm -hmm. what do they support? And, you know, you don't want to work for a client that goes against everything you personally believe in, whatever that may be, because then that makes your time working on them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can relate. It's definitely a more powerful move, as well as it, whatever aligns with your values, I think is more important than what, you know... Um, Money. Yeah, money mm -hmm. in this case, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our job, yeah. All right, well, Guido, how are we looking so far? Yeah, no, I think, we're, I think we are, we went through all the questions that we have for you, Giovanni. We are very happy uh, to get to talk to you. And like I said, we are also very happy that you're doing great out there. Uh, we hope that, you know, maybe uh, next time you're in town, uh, you can join us here at the studio. We can do a, 
Oh, another the thing. Or, episode, yeah, we yeah can... anything. Or if even if we have an event, you know, you're more than welcome to Absolutely. come by as well. Really, we'd love to have you by. Yeah. And... Alex will buy you drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys are ever in New York, let me know and I'll... Heck yeah. um, I'll be more than happy to meet up with y'all. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, and like I said, we hope that you know we get to see you soon. Uh, and if you're ever in town, like I said, for any of our events, please, we would love to see you. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. Absolutely, thank you. man. Right. Take care. And thank Take you care. again. Awesome. Thanks for the rest of your day, guys. Thank All you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Admigo, join us at add2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at add2houston. Thank you for listening.